Welcome into the Maroon Mike podcast. I'm your co-host, Andrew Miller. I'm another co-host, Daniel Faulkner. And I'm another co-host, Colton Watson. And what is this, two straight weeks that we have three of us on here? Colton, you were here last week, right? I was, I was. Yeah, nice. Uh, And we all get to congratulate Dan on your Texas Rangers. Kind of mine, but I I don't fully claim it. Advancing to the World Series over the Houston Astros. I'll be honest, I didn't see it happening after game five. After how that played out, I thought for sure that was it. Uh, That was a crushing loss. But they, they fought back, man. Four wins on the road. Yes. Um, so actually there was a recent sale. Um, the Houston Astros for it was actually a free, it was a giveaway, really. Uh Adolis Garcia is now the owner of the Houston Astros. Um, majority owner. I mean, I mean he doesn't not majority, like he owns the whole thing. Um, they're like, Yeah, you, you just own us, so here's the whole thing. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. I uh cried happy tears. Uh it's not over yet. Uh, you know, Arizona's a good team. Like they they are, and and they have that same combination of some talented dudes and just young talent. So, uh, you know, I'm still still nervous, right? Until it's over, I will be nervous. We could be playing, uh, Texas Rangers could be playing Northern Kentucky collegiate baseball team, and I'd still be Too nervous. Too soon. Well, Mississippi State would be nervous against them as well. Well, Too yeah. Soon. <laughs> That one's uh, for you, Ben. I still miss you, buddy. Sit Dusty Baker packing, which I, I get that was probably happening regardless, but still. Uh, Speaking hey. of baseball, we uh, I go. Oh, I'm going to introduce a segment. This is I haven't done this in a long time. We uh, release Mississippi State. Chris Lamonis, I think, is actually. Baseball in college is funny because, like, the coaches are still kind of in charge of making the schedules, also in basketball. To an extent, like in football, I don't think the coach is involved at all. It's kind of like high school in that regard. But uh, we finally released the baseball schedule, and we already knew that the the conference schedule was brutal. We know that we struggled last year, so I'm not going to complain about the fact that we don't play anybody uh, pretty much at all. We will open up with Air Force, so we'll get to respect the troops on an opening weekend. We don't travel until we go to Pearl on March 5th. Um, we'll go to Biloxi in March 12th and 13th. Not It's not against Texas Tech or anything like that. It'll be South Alabama and New Orleans. And then it's SEC play. Uh, we do go at Stanford, which at Samford, which I hate doing, uh, that little new, that little um, away game uh, that we do in Birmingham, which always is up on ESPN Plus, which I don't have. But d- nothing really to write home about about the the non conference schedule. Which after the season we just had, not going to bother me too much. I don't think they should go and do one of these huge, you know, those like that time we went and you know the national championship year when you played Texas and Texas Tech and TCU and stuff. Like there's no need to do that this year. Dan, any thoughts? I'm not going to give thoughts here because I don't have them. But well, you know, yeah. When I first saw, the first thing I looked at was the non-conference schedule, right? Because I remember that we had already known what the SEC schedule was going to be, and I, and I was slightly a little bit disappointed. Um, more so, just you know, I, I like competitive baseball before the season starts, but 
you know, to Colton's point, it's a very good point. It could be competitive, and that's what's that's that's the thing you have to remember. <laughs> I, I guess you're. Right. I guess you're. You are correct in that, right? Um, I, I think one of the things is that you know when you have tense moments in the regular season, you deal with a lot of adversity. That's what gets you through um, a lot of these these heated moments in the postseason, right? It's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Um, and you see that in a lot of baseball teams, right? I, I mean, look at the diversity the championship team for state went through, right? Game one, right? You just saw what kind of a dog that Landon Sims was getting out of bases loaded, no outs, three straight strikeouts. It's like, yeah, boom, these guys got something in there, right? right day one, you knew that. Uh, but to Colton's point, it's just get it warmed up, right? You know, get it started, get it going. Um Let's see. Let's see how we can do. Sorry to cut you off, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, It's the type of schedule that, if you're fighting for a national seed, can hurt you. But I don't. I don't think anybody expects. It would be even the biggest optimist would would struggle to tell you that we're we're going to fight for a national seed next year, a top eight at least. Um, and the the conference schedule is should be strong enough that this is one of the rare cases where uh. I will never say midweek games don't matter. They do absolutely matter. If you lose to, you know, Central Arkansas, North Alabama, stuff like that, you're not you're probably not hosting and you can just forget about it. But luckily you play in the SEC. If you are good, if you deserve to host, you will get to prove it in the conference. So it's not it's less fun. Um if we were coming off a banner year, I would be very disappointed. Uh, you do get Georgia Southern on the third weekend, so you know not a slouch. But other than that, it, it's not much to write home about. And beca- but because of how much you've struggled over the last two years, I'm not too mad about it. In other non-football yep. sports news, uh, John Rothstein, who's leaving May, um, he gave us some updates injury-wise for Mississippi State. I guess he's been chatting with Chris Jans. Um, and just update to like Togo Smith, this got announced a while back, remains on track for return mid January, which I got to be honest when the way they worded it with their announcement, when he was out and they were saying, you know, at some point during SEC play, the vagueness of that had me very worried of like, okay, if he's back, it might be like that stretch run going into the postseason if they're able to tread water to that point. Mid-January, obviously, like, it sucks you have some massive SEC games early in the slate. And I just – I hate that that always seems to be the case for MSU every single year. With it, it never, Like, every year, mm-hmm. MSU's SEC schedule is loaded, then it gets really light, and then there'll be, like, a little uptick there late in the year before, like, the last couple games are typically whatever. It's the same way every single year. It always annoys me because it, it sucks to be able to – it makes it tough to get off to a good start at conference play. And obviously, if you're talking about Tula Smith missing some of those games, that's going to be tough. But he should be back mid-January. Kashawn Murphy hopefully returns at some point in mid-December. So, obviously, that's another, you know, big guy there that you could be missing. Deshaun Davis, who's been dealing with some stuff, should be ready to go. They have a charity exhibition uh, down in Hattiesburg against Southern Miss uh, this Sunday. So, I know they're not playing USM in the regular season, which they typically do. But, uh, no, not typically. I, I, I guess I'm remembering back from a few years ago. But they, they do have that exhibition. And then this was a little update. Interesting. Uh, 
Christian said they're experimenting with playing Cam Matthews as a small ball five. Um, obviously, it's the death about, line of Golden State Warriors over here. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who well, you better hope you have the shooting of the Warriors. Um, but I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who obviously has been so good for State in terms of you know what he does defensively, going up and fighting for rebounds at key moments, and just you know playing hard. Um, that's a role that, you know, he, he talking about putting him in a potentially bigger role for MSU, which of course, look, you have Jimmy Bell. So, you know, it's going to be up to him to, I'm assuming Jimmy Bell will be your starter at the five early in the season. Um, and that Cam Matthews, it's more of just a kind of a package thing for them uh, playing him at that spot. But just some basketball updates. We've got to do real. We've heard, uh, do- if you heard fans on the, the super talk, all the Mississippi state only show that Brian does, uh, he seemed to hint that they're still like they can't push the timeline up right now in October, but they are they are going to be open to inching that timeline up for Tolu Smith too. He even said like you know we might try to scoot it up a little bit if we gets closer in time. And we also know that Tolu Smith is an extremely hard worker. Uh, I know from a medical standpoint that you can push yourself too hard. Uh, I think one of Tolu's previous in, previous injuries, they kind of blamed on overwork, overexertion, um, his previous foot injury. So hopefully he doesn't push himself too hard, but it's not out of the realm of possibility either that it could be earlier in mid-January. If it's January 20th or later, I'd, I, at this point I'd be surprised from what I've heard. It, I would imagine there, it's either a setback or something they didn't see coming. Obviously, it'd be great. I mean, if they can get him back earlier for some of those huge games early. Like, I know you have, you have Bama, you have Tennessee, you have Kentucky all early in your SEC slate. Um, we've got to do a basketball preview show soon. The season will t- tips off November 8th. So, we're talking about less than two weeks from as we record this. Uh, yeah, ba- basketball is here. So, we need, we need to do some sort of a preview show really, really soon to dive into it. Uh, we, we sleep in May. Um, football, that's obviously the point of this episode today. Mississippi State travels to Auburn to take on uh, the Tigers under coach Hugh Freeze. Um, Auburn hasn't been good this year. They're, uh, what are they, three and four to this point, four and three, something like that. Uh, I think they're three and four, aren't they? Uh, they like started off three and oh, and I don't think they've won a yeah. conference game yet. Ole Miss, um, Georgia, Texas A&M, LSU, they lost all of those. So, yeah, three and four Auburn team. Kind of similar to what we talked about with Arkansas. When you look at the remaining slate, this is one of the worst teams you have left. In fact, I would say confidently they are the second worst team you have left, only ahead of Southern Miss. And if you're Mississippi State talking about your hopes of reaching a bowl game, then you kind of need to find a way to get this win. Now, obviously, I don't think Kentucky is nearly as good as maybe some of the moments early in the year suggested, and it's in Starkville where they haven't won since 2008. Um, A&M, who knows? I, I think it's a terrible matchup for State, but A&M, maybe they're in a free fall, and maybe you catch them at the right time. And then the Egg Bowl's the Egg Bowl. Who knows? But realistically, if you're, if you're State and you want to go bowling, like, I mean, obviously, if you win this one, you feel, you feel like, okay, 99% we're going because, you know, we shouldn't lose to Southern, you know, knock on wood. But – it's a big game. It's it matters a lot for states. Hopes of reaching postseason play. Uh, just overall thoughts. Where you, obviously you have a team that is very limited to what they can do. They have played t- 
tough in a few conference games to be, I guess, to be fair to them, but they're not a good team. They're easily one of the more winnable teams you have left, beatable teams you have left in the schedule. But it's, you know, it's a very tough place to play. And you know, the coach specifically is going to definitely pull out all the stops to find a way to beat you. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, look, clearly, you know, Hugh Freeze, he, at times he had ways to, he found ways to beat Mississippi State when he was at Ole Miss, um, most notably the 2012 season, right? When you thought you'd go nine and three, I ended up with an eight and four and a loss in the uh, Gator Bowl to Northwestern. Um, it, yeah, I think one of the things about playing at Auburn that we always talk about, right, is what time is the game? Because if I remember correctly, right, when, when Ole Miss went to Auburn, everyone kind of knew, all right, yeah, this is Auburn's last chance to really, like, find it before everyone's going to find out if they're good or not. And and for a moment, it looked like Auburn might. Uh, I think at one point it was 14-7, Ole Miss. Uh, and then, yeah, the Rebels just kind of said, ah, we're better than you, and just kind of put their foot down and, and dominated the rest of the game. And – you kind of see a lot in every game, right? I mean, they played Georgia close, but that's what they do. They play Georgia close, especially at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Um, yeah, this game not being at 11 a.m. is kind of like, oh, man, how unfortunate, right, for us, that is. Because uh, obviously we know what happened two years ago when the game kicked off at, at 11 a.m. in uh, one of the greatest comebacks in school history. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Hugh Freeze usually has something up his sleeve, and and you know I don't know what that is up his sleeve, right? Uh, you, you never know. Regarding think... burner phone, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you know I, I, he clearly does care about Ole Miss. Um, I don't know some uh, the the Auburn correspondent or whatever on Hey Dad's podcast mentioned this. You know, uh, Freeze won't refer to Ole Miss as Ole Miss. He has said Ole Miss. He, I've heard him say he called him. Huh? I have literally heard him say Ole Miss like earlier this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, the guy was actually like, – I think he said that they called him – he called him Mississippi or nothing. But it seems like he does like have beef, quote-unquote, with Ole Miss. I'm like, what was Ole Miss supposed to do? Okay. If any anything, coach you who gets you fired – mad at. You should be mad at us or Steve Robertson. Any coach who gets fired, like he, he feels he still feels as though he was wrongfully, like you know, made a scapegoat for everything else, um, and that he nothing, uh, that ultimately nothing was done wrong there. That he was not at fault for what happened at Ole Miss. Um, he, he, I was surprised. There's a picture of him at the A and M game talking to Ross Bjork. I'm shocked that's a conversation that even happened. Because um, I'm pretty sure I would have to bet he does not feel particularly he does not like it, that man all that much. Um, no, I mean he he still feels as though like he was kind of screwed screwed over at Ole Miss, um, because he, like they, they had things going and he, and he got fired. Uh, he he definitely you're right should have those feelings towards state. Um, I know a lot of state like well. I would. I'm not saying he should have those feelings, but I I would understand why he would have those feelings because like yeah, Mississippi State played a role in you know him losing his job. They did. I, I know a lot of state fans will never want to hear that and are going to, um, 
get mad at me for phrasing it in that way, but like at this point, enough times passed. I think we, we've moved past the investigation. We I think we can say, yeah, like Dan Mullen did step in with some of that stuff. Like he, he just did. Um, I don't blame him. Like, take down your rival. I don't care. Um, you know, we're not the ones who got busted for anything. But like Mississippi State played a role in all that. So obviously he's going like I, I would expect you to have those feelings towards state and he wants the opportunity to to get one back on this. Um that said, obviously what Hugh Freeze is supposed to be known for is what he can do in terms of scheming up offense. He ain't doing a very good job of it right now for Auburn because uh, that offense sucks, man. Uh, overall, they're averaging just under 27 points per game, which isn't good anyway. But, like, that's that's being helped out a lot by the fact that they put up 59 on UMass and 45 on Samford. Otherwise, 14, 10, 20, 18, 21, uh, with 21 against Ole Miss being their highest total uh, since, again, 45 against Samford in an FCS game. That offense, it, it, it's a bad offense. Um, they have a good running game. Just let me pull this up real quick. Averaging 186 yards a game at about 4.6 yards per rush. That, that's really good. Obviously, Jarquez Hunter, outstanding running back. He's 309 yards, five touchdowns on the year. Uh, Brian Badee is a transfer who came in from UCF, who's having a pretty solid season, been a good backup. Both Robbie Ashford and Peyton Thorne are mobile quarterbacks who are able to add that element with their legs. They're one of the better rushing offenses in the SEC, but that's literally the only thing they have going for. Um, Clark Brooks, SEC stat cat on Twitter for on three. He does like every week his long, just a bunch of tweets. Of basically, here's everything you need to know about every offense and defense in the SEC. So starting with Auburn's offense, like I'm not going to run through all the numbers, but basically in terms of success rate, uh, conversions, avoiding turnovers, they're terrible. Like, they're towards the bottom of the SEC in all of those statistics. Like, uh, staying ahead of the chains, they're not good at any of that stuff. Now, they don't allow a ton of pressure. So, like, that that's cool. If you get them in a passing situation, they've done a pretty good job pass blocking it. But they don't throw the ball well enough for it to really matter. This is a team that, if you're Mississippi State, who – for what it's worth, I, I, State's run defense, I thought, had kind of fallen off some, but it showed it's showed up better recently in these last couple of weeks, and especially against Arkansas. Going through those advanced stats, State still has one of the better rushing defenses in the SEC. If you're State, even with all the misdirection that Auburn's going to throw at you, which I'm surprised, they don't motion as much as I thought they did. But regardless, you're, if you're State, you have to find a way to like hone in on that and shut it down. I don't care who's playing quarterback. like it's court, like it's You treat it like defending the option. I feel like you have to go into every play saying, like, these are the running threats. We're stopping those guys. If they beat us with their arms, so be it. Yeah, I want to know. Ahead, I want to know this week if, sorry, Dan. Um, what's the real Mississippi State defense? Is it what we saw? And I, I brought up this last week how Western Michigan for me was the eye opening point that we are Mississippi State is not a good football team at that point. Um, and then you go out and see what they did against Arkansas, which, let, let's be honest, not uh, a very potent offense, but three points at, on the road is, is is incredible. Is that the real MSU, or is it something closer to what we saw against LSU, um, South Carolina, and Western Michigan? On the one hand, you've got a larger sample size for the, for the, the bad defense. On the other hand, I've – 
think we can all agree that what we saw on last Saturday was a lot more reminiscent of the 2021 and 2022 defense we've seen from Zach Arnett at when he's coaching at his best, if he was, you know, taking more of an active role in the coaching. And that is kind of more along what we expected this year, maybe even an extreme version of it. So if, if, where that I think this week will go a little bit of a little bit of a way because Auburn is very one dimensional towards deciding is what we saw recently the real defense or were we just kind of catching Arkansas at a great time? Do we have a good game plan or did they have a poor game plan for that one particular game and we're going to regress back? That one game, that one game put us we went instantly from very close, very far at the bottom to very much in the middle. At almost at all the major, like I think total defense and total and uh, total defense, which is yards and uh, points, uh, scoring defense, which is points, we're both in the 60s or maybe early 70s. And I'm sure we were in the 120s, uh, at least before Western Michigan or probably right, probably afterwards as well. We actually weren't that low down. Um, really? Well, you still have to consider, uh, like the, you didn't give up a ton of yardage to like, okay. Alabama didn't get a bunch of yardage. Um, in terms of scoring, you didn't get lit up by Southeastern or Arizona or uh, – I'm trying to remember what the other game was. But the, you actually weren't that far down. And you also – here's another thing to remember. G5 defenses, a lot of them are really, really, really good. Like, it's all relative. Like, bad defense in the SEC is rarely nearly as bad as, like, some of the – like you got some of these uh, max schools, like what they do on defense, right. they take up a lot of those bottom spots because they and, just don't have the players. Well, remember Arkansas last year was one thirty one out of one thirty one in passing defense. Are they actually that, was, that low? That was incredible. They were for most of the year. They were dead freaking last, and first in the SEC in sacks, which which means they're if you took sacks out of passing yards like the NFL, they might not have been last, but it's still incredible. I guess you could argue that when you get a lot of sacks, that forces you getting more passing downs, and you can get more yards that way. But they were a they were a phenomenon last year. They were in fact last. Also, uh, the SEC they took, last year took up land? they're last, and the SEC takes up three of the bottom five spots. Do you want to guess the other two? Wait, From last uh, year, South last Carolina. Year. No, South Carolina Vanderbilt. Ooh. Vanderbilt, yes. You're, y'all, y'all are not going to guess the other one. Texas A&M. LSU. Nope. Auburn. You're just going to name the whole SEC, so it's Tennessee. Florida. What? They were 127th in pass defense. They allowed 289.5 yards per game. Now, in terms of, like, yards per attempt, 7.1. But, which it was, the other, guy, the other defenses down this low are a good bit higher. But, yeah, like, Tennessee's defense last year was not great, specifically against the pass. They were good against the run. Well, they were bad against the pass. They, they had the opposite. They had the opposite problem of like when you have a bad offense that doesn't help the defense. They would score too fast. They would score in three plays, and the defense would be on the field for so long. I feel like that contributed. And then also, you, you when you're scoring touchdowns at such a high rate, that plays other team to force other team to play catch up and throw a little bit more. Well, yeah, no, that's part of their. That is a huge part of of that offense for sure is like you say you do not care what you do on defense um if assuming you're running at a high level just i mean pointing out a couple of the guys for auburn really the receiving core it's 
Jay Fair receiver, Rivaldo Fairweather tight end. That's it. Those are the guys pay attention to. Um, obviously, state secondary held up pretty well last week against Arkansas. Arkansas did miss on some opportunities, but still, you, you did a good job in that game. Um, this is an offense that you have to lock in on stopping the run. And it is interesting to me. Like, Hugh Freeze hired Philip Montgomery from Tulsa, who is a veer and shoot guy. So, that offense that Tennessee runs, it's kind of what he does. Um, and you watch them, and that's and Freeze made all these points about you know turning over the play column to Montgomery, which maybe he is. I don't know if he is or isn't. He has a call sheet on the sidelines, but a lot of coaches have that, whether they're calling the plays or not. Um, it, it, but he would suggest that they're going to do a lot of new stuff on offense. If you watch his all like the offense, it to be fair, it might just be that they're having to work with what they got. They're so bad at quarterback and receiver, they just they got to do this stuff. But they don't really look at all like a veer and shoot type team, which I thought I thought they might. And I think there's to an extent it might help them out when it comes to the whole thing with the veer and shoot. If you're gonna run the if you if you're gonna have to run the ball every single play, why not put your receivers five steps from the sideline so that you have all that open space over the middle of the field to run the ball. But Auburn doesn't really I don't do all think, I don't think they have I don't think their quarterbacks maybe Ashford is strong and has the arm but not the accuracy. And I don't think the other guy has the arm to make long throws like a they can't throw it anyway. They they can't throw uh-huh. them if the guy's attached to the line. So who cares? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure this is what South Florida's doing because South Florida hired Tennessee's offensive coordinator, and like they're if you watch them, they're basically running that offense, but they just run the ball a lot more. And it's all like they they mostly just run the freaking ball. They're like, we're gonna split you out to force the defense to have to widen, and then we're just gonna run. So I don't know. Hopefully Auburn doesn't do that against State because that's stuff that's kind of given State problems in the past. Turning it over to Auburn's defense. On paper, it looks solid. And there's this narrative that, like, oh, Ron Roberts' Auburn defense has been really impressive this year. And, you know, they're allowing, what, like 23 points per game, which are actually it's just under 24, which is, you know, kind of average, nothing special, nothing spectacular. Again, reference to Clark Brooks, every actual, like, advanced stat that looks beyond, well, here's how many yards and points we allowed, because that is like pure baseline and never tells you the full story of how good a defense actually is. Tells you that defense kind of sucks. Like, they're, they're not they're good behind, on a down-by-down basis. They're, what was behind that? Mississippi State. they're behind Mississippi State in total points and total yards, aren't they? Or, or points per game, yards per game. I think. I don't – yeah, I think so. But, like, even advanced numbers. That's like saying something. Like – they are horrendous in run defense. They're like one of the worst at rushing defense success rate. Um, they're just overall like the most successful offenses in standard time or whatever. So like avoiding garbage time plays, they're like right there at the bottom. With I think Mississippi State's worse, but they they, they were like thirteenth. So you got two pretty awful defenses. I, I know State defense looked better last week, but we'll see um, for the whole season. Um, th- they're okay at forcing turnovers. They can occasionally get tackles for loss, but they don't really get any pressure. So it's kind of like they they hang on by – I'm curious what their red zone defense is. I, I want to look at – speak. oh, like red zone, Auburn in the red zone. They don't get to the red zone much, but when they do, they score touchdowns, just for, for what it's worth. Uh, no, that's offense. Hold on. Bear with me for just a sec. But if you all want to talk about how bad Auburn's defense is, you can go ahead. Or not great it is. I- I saw that you know you talked about how they're bad at um, 
bad at stopping the run. Uh, I also noticed if you if you just watching the Ole Miss game, I did watch most of that game. Watch most of the Georgia game. They're susceptible to tight ends, which doesn't mean hey, for us. that doesn't help. No, they're susceptible to uh, big plays over the middle, which you can tell me is it easier for for a quarterback getting? I know when you're when you're trying to get a quarterback started. You know, you want him to, you know, some rollouts, some bootleg stuff, some high-load concepts, maybe some screens. Throws down the seam are, are those easier or harder than throws outside the numbers? I'm sure it depends on the player. Well, and it also kind of depends on what the defense is playing. Like, if the defense isn't a too high, you're not going to really be able to hit the seams all that well. But if they're playing single high coverage, then you're going to have the seams right. to be able to attack. Well, I'll say all that to say Auburn is susceptible in the, in the intermediate to deep middle. Uh, so there's some advanced analysis to go with Auburn's defense, and I don't really know what you're going to do as an offense to attack that without a tight end. Well, you have tight ends that don't that are that are worthless. Um, that's that's harsh. But well, if you're state, I, they're not good at stopping the run. They're allowing like well over yeah. 150 yards a game on the ground, which is like one of the bottom. I think it's like the bottom clip in the SEC. You're playing Mike Wright at quarterback. Run the ball. Like that's that's all you're gonna have to. That's what you have to do in this game. Like, I like to see. You know, everybody says this: run the ball, play action, take the top off. Like they acted like they were gonna do all season, which I don't know why. I would like to see them take take one or two shots at Arkansas, but, but I guess Arkansas's run defense. That was no, that was frustrating for sure. That they didn't really oh, try. We're were you running the ball effectively enough in the latter half of the game with a gimpy uh, running back that you could that you were able to take those shots? I don't know. You certainly could have early. Well, yeah, but that's where my my complaint with a lot of the design of the offense and a lot of the stuff gets it brought in. Like play action doesn't always have to be a shot, but but it also doesn't always have to be a rollout pass, which is exclusively what he did. Um, really, the two guys stand out for Auburn. Defensive lineman Marcus Harris, linebacker Eugene Asante. They're kind of like the top guys in that front. Auburn's red zone defense is actually pretty solid in terms of limiting scoring. So that's kind of what they have going for them. I don't I think Kyle this Ferry is Auburn. What was that? Might need Kyle Ferry to be big here. You might need it to happen. Now, I know we said all this about Auburn's defense being bad. Do I suddenly think State's offense is going to light him up? No. Um, <laughs> I, I still think State's not going to score much in this game. But I don't know. I, I do. I don't think it's as. I don't think we're going to get three to two, which is what I think some people think will happen here. Um, I don't think we're going to get a repeat of last week, but it, I don't I certainly don't expect a high scoring affair. Um, Dan, I mean, do you have any thoughts on this matchup? Anything you, you that you're looking at as a, as a big factor? Yeah, I don't see it three two. I could see it thirteen twelve though. Um, yeah, just tack on a one in front of those numbers. I mean, yeah, Auburn's defense, they 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 have had a lot of trouble stopping people and and you know, over the course of SEC play it's gotten worse, right? They've started to get more and more exposed. Um starting with their game against Texas A&M, right? And that was a game where uh Connor Wegman, I think that was the game he got hurt and and Max Johnson came in and lit him up. Um Throughout the course of the season, they, they've just more and more have gotten lit up by other teams. And it's not been great for them. Um, 
just to be quite frank. So in a sense from where Mississippi state is right now, I like the matchup just because, Hey, and, and you said it earlier, right, Andrew, this is very possibly the second easiest game left on the schedule. Um, and we obviously we know which one's number one, but yeah, this one, it just sucks that it's on the road. You know, it sucks that it's at Jordan Hare, a stadium that that it, throughout history has given Mississippi State problems. Uh, but I, I do like the idea of riding with State that they could get it done. Now, I do have a question. Is Do we know that Will is not playing? Is it official? No. I, I will. But, like, our, I think most of our beat riders have suggested the guys who would actually be in touch have suggested they expect Mike Wright to be the quarterback okay. once again. Okay. Um, yeah. I wanted to. Will, Will is probably going to come back at some point this season, but expect Wright for this week. That that reminded me of a point that I, I forgot to write down, but I knew earlier this week I really wanted to make it. If. Will I don't expect Will Rogers, but if Will Rogers or keyword or Jaquavius Marks or Jeffrey Pittman was fully healthy for this game, I would feel pretty good about it. I don't know about the thing is we don't know about Marks and Marks, you know, with Marks, he could always re-injure something even if he is healthy. And then I don't Pittman was not 100 percent in Arkansas. If he's better this week, I think that could be a big deal. Those either one of those players being healthy makes me really, I don't want to say confident, but very cautiously optimistic. I kind of look at this game and I mean, just from a standard keys, it's I, I think it's very close to what you talked about last week with Arkansas, or like what we talked about last week with Arkansas. When you're on defense, I mean you got you've got to find a way to force them into third and long. Um, get them into passing downs, so they can't handle it. Doesn't matter which quarterback is in the game, they're not going to do it well. Now, I guess the bigger concern with them is, you know, quarterback run game does concern me a bit. Obviously, you, yes, you just dealt with KJ Jefferson, you handled him just fine. KJ has a worse offensive line behind him, and the scheme he was in limited him a lot. And you still saw KJ manage to take off and pick up yardage on scrambles a handful of times in that game. Um, these guys are going to do that more quickly. And these guys are going to be running schemes that are going to take advantage of that more because that's all their offense can do. So state who still has not dealt with running quarterbacks all that well throughout their time in this defense, it, that does concern me a bit. You've got to find a way to contain that force them to pass. And when they do pass, you've got to have somebody spying. And the guy that I'm having spy at this point, I, I'm putting Don Terry Russell in that role. Everything I've seen from him suggests that he is finally that guy in the defensive front for state who has the athleticism to stay with an athletic quarterback. Um, throughout like the first half of the season, I kept saying it needs to be Sean Preston. Bring him down and just let him handle that because I think he can. But obviously the concern there is, well, what are you sacrificing on the back end? Because Preston has played really well, and you want that player in coverage. I think Don Terry Russell is your answer now. When you get into those third and long situations and you need someone to just play the spy and take care of it, he needs to be that guy. Um, I mean, look, obviously, if State can find a way to build off what they were able to do pass rush-wise last week, that's great. I don't know if they're going to be as successful. I also don't know if this is the team where you're going to have that many opportunities. I think for the most part, you're not going to get many chances to rush the passer because they're not going to throw the ball all that much. 
So for defense, it really comes down to limit the run game, force them into third and longs, contain whoever is at quarterback. On the other side of the ball for State, I, yeah, you got to get the ground game going. I think you also need to be more aggressive. You need to be more willing to go with designs that are not so easily defensed. Um, because it, at times, State's play calling has gotten predictable. And when they run a certain motion, when they have a certain look, they're doing blank. And that's gotten them got several times. And hi, yes, to my haters over at Gene's page, for the two of you who might be listening to this show, our offensive line needs to block in the same direction, not block two different plays. Because, yes, that's what happened. It is what happened. They just go, they just go this way and that way. No, they just I know. Shout out so MSU twenty four seventeen. I don't know what your stupid username is. Want to talk about how I've shown time and time again that I'm not worth listening to and been called out a million times. Where are these call outs? You won't come say it to me on Twitter. Don't don't waste doing it on Gene's page. Come tell me uh, face to face. Oh, not face to face. It's all behind the screen. But you get my point. Uh, but yeah, no, the offensive line can't block the same direction. They keep messing that up. I don't know why this is a problem time and time again. One of the plays that I thought was interesting from the last game that I watched, I was like, wow, that's a unique little design. Now you go back and watch, and it's like, I think they blocked that wrong, and it just worked. Now, I don't know that for sure, so I, you know, it is what it is. And I also, I do want to say, I don't pretend to be right about everything when it comes to football. There's plenty that I definitely am dead wrong on a lot that I am dead wrong on. I have no problem admitting that I'm no football savant. I'm not smarter than everyone else in the room. You're not going to get me to say that, but since this became a big talking point on the message board, I will say, yeah, I feel pretty dang confident in my assessment of both those plays that got talked about that. Yeah. There was predictable play calling and yeah. State's offensive line is blowing assignments by blocking different plays for whatever freaking reason that has to be sorted out. So all right, I had, to, I had to do that little rant there for just a second, but that's going to be big. Like state's offense is state's offensive execution just has to be at a higher level. Put together a scheme to maximize what you have with Mike Wright instead of playing stupid conservative ball time and time again. All right, prediction time. We we've I'll be honest, we didn't go super deep to dive into breaking down this matchup, but I think it's you know. I don't know what else to say. I'm like, Auburn's not a very good football team, and yet I don't think any of us are particularly confident in State being able to go and win. Not because we're not feeling – well, I'm still not feeling all that great after the Arkansas game, but, like, not that it's not like, well, State has zero momentum type thing, but more that just this has always been a tough place for State to go and play. Uh, Dan, we'll start with you. How do you feel? What are you picking? Yeah, not not a whole lot of offense, I think. Not a whole lot. Who knows? Maybe the both defenses are reading signs and and making good plays because of it. I don't know. Um, maybe I don't know. That's anything. what happened last but, week. We had we had each other's signals. Yeah, clearly, that's how they got that interception that led to their only points of the game and a field goal. You know, hey, good for them. Uh and I guess good for us because we were pretty good too. I will go thirteen ten Auburn. Not a whole lot of scoring. I know. Um, I don't think I have picked State to win the conference game in, in a very long time now. Maybe I picked us to win the Egg Bowl last year. I haven't picked us to win a conference game all year. I'm pretty – we can go back. We'd have to check the records. I don't think I picked us to beat South Carolina. Maybe I did. I don't know. You didn't. I didn't. Okay, yeah, see. 
Colton knows everything. Um, yeah, now I'm going to keep that trend for now. Uh, I just have a hard time seeing us win another SEC game at the moment, especially on the road, just with how bad Arkansas is. Um, Auburn's just a little tick above Arkansas. Um, so that's my pick, 13-10, Auburn. Oh, I'm a... Uh... I'm going to stay on brand. I think what's Auburn – what's the most points Auburn scored in a in a Power 5 game this year, 21? Yes. I don't think we're going to be their personal best is where – is what I'm thinking – is what I'm thinking here. So, I think Auburn scores – I'm going to say 23-16. Well, you said Auburn's good – offense is good in the red zone, didn't you? 23 would be their personal best. I would have us winning. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Auburn being good in the red zone makes me not want to pick 16. But being bad on offense does. So, I'll I'll, I'll stick with 23 they're, 16. They're not good in – to be clear, they're not good in the red zone. They're, they're scoring percent – well, their school – I already forgot this. I think – oh, no, I remember looking at it. Okay. When they are in the red zone, their scoring percentage is not great, but their touchdown percentage is good. So, like, okay, if they so get, they're not kicking a lot of field goals. Huh? So, they're not kicking a lot of field goals. Correct. I think they've only kicked like so six. I, would, I will change, I will amend my prediction to 23 17 bounce back game for Kyle Ferry. So, I'll go type. You did make a good point about is State going to be their personal worst? And I, I don't want to – or personal best and, and against a powerful opponent. And that makes me not want to go with the prediction that I had. I don't have a high-scoring game, to be clear, but I do have them scoring more than 21 points. I don't think this is going to be as, like, shut down, like, low-scoring, though, as anticipated. Uh, honestly, so I, I realized – Mississippi State has, to this point, their record is exactly what I had preseason. And I'm not saying that to my own horn. Like, literally, most I think most State fans at this point had them, like, four and three. And I think a lot of us had the exact win-loss to this point. Um, so, I'm not saying that, like, anything crazy. I, I changed my prediction. I had State beating Arkansas before the year. And then I picked the Hogs last week because I didn't feel good about State at all. I'm not going to suddenly, though, buck the trend. But to this point, they've kind of been the team that I anticipated. Uh, which I say that, and then if they go over to Auburn and get killed, then I'm probably going to pick Kentucky to win. But even though I had State beat Kentucky before the year, but that's looking ahead. It's just a tough place to go play. State's history there is not good. I, look, Auburn's favored by like six and a half. I don't think they're covering that spread. I, I don't trust them to cover that spread at all. I think State covers the game. But to this point, I I need State's defense to put together two dominant performances in a row before I really buy into it being much, much better. And I also need State's offense to show that it can play competent football. I get South Carolina was a mostly good game. That's, again, a that's an even worse defense. probably a worse defense than Auburn. I, I, I know a lot of the advanced stats put Auburn's defense as actually one of the worst in the SEC. And it is true, but they're not giving up a ton of points or anything. So I have Auburn 23-20. I think 
kind of an average day over the Plains. Not a great football game, but still probably not any more this nowhere close to being as disgusting as last week, and certainly not a revival of three to two. Um so Colton is the lone optimist of this group. Um obviously Tell you what, I'll tell you what. I'm more. I'm actually. I feel better about this game than the Arkansas game, which is shocking to me. I probably do. To be like, just given the way Auburn's played and the fact that yeah, State's coming off a win, so you do feel a little bit better about it. Um, uh, a week ago, I a week ago I would have thought that the games were getting like harder, and now I think this game's easier. And depending on what Kentucky does, you could say that game's even easier. What does Kentucky do this week? Or are they off? Tennessee. No, they have – yeah. If they if they roll over in that game, I'm going to be feeling really good about that one. All right. So, yeah. Colton picks win. The other two of us pick a loss. It's time for our weekly picks. Recap of last week. Six and four week for me. Colton and Dan both go five and five. I was the lone picker of the Buckeyes. So, got that one correct. Those who had Penn State. Uh, Colton, though, right, took Utah, rode with the Utes, and got it done. USC was disappointing, and USC, yeah, they're just not all that good. Um, we were all wrong about Clemson, um, which is very funny. We were all wrong about Iowa, which is very funny. They were robbed. Iowa was robbed. That was not a fair catch. You cannot convince me or any normal fan in the United States that that was a fair catch signal. I was watching that one live, too. That's the worst. I was like, you're all like, oh, yeah, let's go Iowa. That's cool. No, they took it away. Sorry, I had to do that. I, I am still very mad about that, if you can't tell. I'm indifferent. I'm Iowa fan here. I, I see both debates over that, that signal, but I'm not getting into it. Illinois-Wisconsin, uh, Illinois had this game won, and then the Badgers came back led by none other than Braden Locke. And he looked good. For it's an omen out. for the Egg Bowl. The The former Mississippi State quarterback beat the former Ole Miss quarterback. Just saying. That is a good point. I totally forgot about Altmaier. Hopefully that well, it's also the former. it's also the former Ole Miss offensive coordinator winning the. Nah, that doesn't matter enough. It's the quarterback who matters, right? They don't like him. Ole Miss fans don't like him anyway. They hate Long. Don't know why. Longo has been good. Longo's been a solid OC wherever he's gone. Because of what you just said, because it's solid and not great, despite having AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Dawson Knox. That's it was a, a lot like their argument with Longo has always been like the unwillingness at times to commit to plays that do consistently work, and then also a you know a failure to convert in the red zone, that type of stuff, which has kind of been a thing throughout his career. But I mean he's a good OC, he scored points. Um, oh, I was the lone one to get Oklahoma State correct. Um, the Mountaineers couldn't get it done at home. They're kind of fading a little bit. And if for the Met, there was a West Virginia fans, um, some of them had got to that point that I know there's a lot of state fans accusing other state fans of right now, which is that whole thing where you'd rather lose than win because you want to fire the coach. West Virginia fans are like open right now. <laughs> That's kind of how they feel. Like they don't want. They want Neil Brown gone, and if it means they lose the rest of the games, I think they're going to be okay with it. Um, I, I don't. They were obviously happy. they started off five and two, like their fans were obviously happy with that. 
But I think now, because of the way it's looking, they're they're immediately flipped right back to get rid of this idiot. Um, what are they now? Five and three. Uh, five and four. They haven't played nine games. I, I mean, they look, haven't played nine. Are they mad about five and three? So they are. Oh, they're four, four and three. Sorry, they started four and two. I think they started four and two. <laughs> No, they started four and one. Yeah. And then it's out of game. But I mean, it was four and one, and it was lucky wins, though. They were lucky to beat Tech. They were lucky to beat TCU. Um, They were, I I won't even say they were unlucky to lose to Houston because, yes, the manner it did was unlucky, but Houston had that game won and handed it to them there late before they won it again. And Oklahoma State 48 34 over them. Their upcoming schedule, they go to. We're going to pick their game at UCF. Uh, I mean, they could, they're still going to make a bowl game, though. They should win at least two more games. All right. Let's do our picks for the week. Starting off with some of the SEC matchups South Carolina travels to College Station to take on Texas AM. The Gamecocks with a terrible defense, an offense that's kind of fallen off, or at least fell off against Mizzou. Uh, I think Xavier Leggett is down for them, or maybe he is, isn't. I don't know, but that's obviously a big blow for them. A&M, though, hasn't looked great recent weeks either. Uh, Dan, who do you got? Give me the Aggies. Uh, don't feel confident in that pick, but I will take them in this game. Not confident, I though. Feel confident. I feel confident in that pick. I'd be confident as well. I think A&M probably wins this game fairly easily. I don't remember – Against the spread, I literally filled it out today. I can't remember if I took AM to cover 14 or not, but I think AM gets the win. Uh, I hope AM barely wins. That would be encouraging. <laughs> World's largest outdoor cocktail party, Georgia, Florida. Do the Gators have any chance? Slightly. I, I think they might, what the line's minus 16. I think they could lose this game by 14, which is a huge – that's a good thing, I think. Um, no Brock Bowers. I mean, that that's a, that's a big storyline, right? Uh, is Ladd McConkey going to be the one to like – is he just going to fill in that spot right away? Is Ra-Ra, a few of the other receivers whose names I now can't remember for some reason. Um, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like some of these guys, like are they going to be able to step up? I don't know. So I got I got Georgia in a close-ish game. I've, I I I was about to really agree with you, but then if you go back and you think about most of the slow starts that Georgia has, and like these games that kind of sleepwalk through, it's never this game. They're always up for this game. So I don't think I think like Florida does still have a prayer to win this game, but and I'm not saying it. I mean if it's I mean if it's 28 to 13. I mean, you would, that's a close game, but you could also dominate a 28 to 13 game. You know what I mean? I think Georgia wins. Georgia just mostly wins easily. I don't have much analysis there. Uh, we kind of talked about this game a few minutes ago. Tennessee goes to Lexington, Tennessee versus Kentucky. Obviously, the Vols offense is nowhere close to what it was last year, uh, but the defense is a lot better. Kentucky's kind of been a total mixed bag of a team. Who are we taking? Give me the balls. I 
am getting really close to disagreeing with you that they're a mixed bag of a team. I think Kentucky's just bad. That's fair. Wait, I got Tennessee winning. Uh, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss. The bigger question, we're all picking the Rebels. Is there, the bigger question is, can the Rebs cover 24 and a half? Yeah. No. Oh, no. I think they can. <laughs> all right. We, we want to go through the rest of these picks pretty quickly. Oregon and Utah. A Crazy. It is. Top, top Not top involving Alabama or Georgia. What was, what was Georgia? I mean, what was Georgia's spread with, with Vanderbilt? 31 and a half, 31, something they like that. They didn't cover that. No. That's, Georgia plays with that's two. Good. Yeah, they do. Georgia, Georgia does it consistently. All right. Oregon at Utah. Give me Bo Nix. Bo Delicious. I'm changing yes, my pick to you. They uh they helped me last week. I'm going to go with Utah. I think Utah can cover. Utah, for what it's worth, they haven't lost a home game since 2020. And I think before that, you gotta go back to 2018. I still think Oregon's ultimately the better team. I know the Utes look to figure some things out. They're kind of reach that angel of death form that they always take. Oregon's really freaking good, though. Uh, dude, other the only other ranked matchup is Duke and Louisville. That's a sentence that we definitely would have believed saying before the season. Um, still question whether or not Riley Leonard will be able to get able to go for the Blue Devils. Uh, I'm taking Louisville. What was the yeah. score of the Florida State game? I don't even remember. Lot. Florida State pulled away. It wasn't pretty at the end. Um, I, I, I got. I, Saturday. I don't think they, they, they had a bye week. They had a bye week. They lost a pit so before that, for what it's worth. Louisville's last game was that bad loss. Ooh, I'm really tempted to take Duke here. I'm going to take uh, Louisville here. I mean, and just the way their home crowd showed up, uh, that that Notre game, Notre Dame game, really changed my mind on Louisville this season. You know, I thought they're just a decent team before, um, but the way they showed up at home against a pretty good, at least I think, pretty good Notre Dame team. Um, Really changed my opinion on them, and and yeah, they had the bad loss to Pitt. Uh, once they head back home, though, I think they're good. Uh, give me, give me the cards. Alton, what's your pick? I'll go with Louisville because I'll get a chance to disagree with one of y'all in the last game we picked. Yeah, like I said, I've got the cards. Uh, Duke's defense could give them some problems, but without Riley Leonard or just him being questionable, West Virginia at UCF. UCF coming off a heartbreaker. West Virginia kind of fading. Uh, I think the Knights get it done at home. I think West Virginia kind of falling off here. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna have faith in Neil Brown. Now maybe the fans don't want him to do well, but I got Neil Brown. Give me give me the the fighting West Virginia Mountaineers. West Virginia let me down last week. I'm not I'm not going back at that apple again. Oregon State goes to Arizona. And Cats have been playing well. Obviously, Oregon State is a you know kind of a literal buzzsaw, but tricky spot. Who are you taking? Is Oregon State not ranked? They are. I just did I forgot to put the rankings on all of them. They're eleventh, yeah. Eleven? I got I got the Beavers. I mean, give me DJU. I'm not gonna try it this time. I know last time I botched his name. Give me DJU and the Oregon State Beavers. This is for my friend Mark Garland living out there. Daniel, you go. He just picked. We're not Daniel. Andrew, you go. 
I'm digging Zona. Um, I think Arizona's rounding back into their typical form. And when Arizona is a average football team, what that means is they are guaranteed one big-time win over a highly-ranked Pac-12 opponent every single year. They've had the close games, but they haven't pulled that game off yet. So this is going to be the Arizona is back to being a thorn in everyone's side, whichever highly-ranked Pac-12 team has to travel uh, to the desert. Give me the cats. I almost said a, I said a bad word, but uh, I'll take the caps. And I'm Oregon. There's a random Oregon State fan out there on Twitter who I don't even know who they are or, or what their handle is, but I have a tweet bookmark somewhere, somewhere, and I will be digging it up this weekend. I'm confident now. Sorry, Mark. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, and my take on that whole thing is every SEC fan who's a fan of a team like a Mississippi State that's not an SEC power is convinced that they would go and win every conference that's not the SEC or the Big Ten for that matter. I don't I don't think we would win the Pac twelve. I'm not saying that. That that he, I, I mean, I'm generalizing because this is some of the responses I've thinks, seen. He basically thinks Oregon State undoubtedly a bottom five budget and wins in terms of power five history is it wouldn't be on wins. the same place. Huh? I don't think so in wins. Well Bottom five and wins in the past 25 years. They actually have a, you, you, most of the 12, past 25 years, they were like a bowl uh -oh. team for a we're, uh -oh, we're spending uh -oh. In my memory, they had 2007 last year, and that's it. Let me just, uh, I can't go into it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, and just uh, coming out here like community notes on Twitter. <laughs> eight and five, seven and five, five and six, ten and four, nine and four, nine and four, eight and five, five and seven, three and nine, nine and four, seven and six, five and seven. That's 2003 through 2014 under head coach Mike Riley. They were a consistent bowl team. Okay, and then keep going. Well, after that, it was a rough decade for sure. No, don't get me wrong, but I still think much of the past 25 years, when you can consider – where they are at right now, and then what they are were under Mike Riley, which, again, we're talking 25 years, so we're talking my lifespan. Uh, 2002 under Dennis Erickson. Uh, let me just pull, go to Dennis Erickson real quick. I don't know why we're talking about Oregon State. Uh, 99, 7-5, 11-1, 5-6, 8-5. When did they go 11-1? Uh, like, what was that? They were five and six in '98. They were eleven and two thousand. They won the Fiesta Bowl over Notre Dame. They killed Notre Dame. That's wild. I, I mean, I'll admit I never would have guessed that. I'll take that part. Back, oh yeah, this was a weird year. The 2000 Pac-12. They had a three-way tie for first: Washington, Oregon State, Oregon, and they like all beat each other. The um, huh. the what was I going to say? The fact that they are them in Washington State, which I think Washington State is famously the lowest budget Power Five school, um, the fact that those are the two schools getting left out and all this realignment stuff, the only two schools though does speak volumes. Yeah, it's no, it does. But I mean, I don't want that to happen. Then. It's well, it's also a product of the era that we're in now relative to where we would have been 10 years ago, I think plays a role. Rook, okay, whatever, whatever. We did a lot of talking. 
We have two more games to pick because I want to get out of here. Ohio State goes to Wisconsin. Dan, are you going to this game? I've been planning on it all season. But it just so happens I did not account for the Texas Rangers to be playing game two of the World Series at the exact same time. And Fox, you let me down. You didn't do big noon kickoff for this game. You're going to Kansas and Oklahoma. So, no, I will not be going. I, I really want to. I will I be attending. It is on me. I forgot game two would be at that time. Yeah. They do, they do big, I didn't know the Big 12 could still get big noon kickoff. I thought that it had to be Big 10 or Pac 12. This nah, is Big just, 10. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, I know what you're saying. They, they, they still can do it. Um, I know they went to Cincinnati and Oklahoma earlier, but I had been planning all season long on going, and now this happens, and stupid NBC had to pick it up at night. But, look, let me make my pitch. still go. No. I, I, I don't know the next time I get to see the Rangers in the World Series. Like, that's just I, – I don't know. Anyways. That was a test. That was all, a pass. All season long. I had been picking the Badgers. I think one time I was wrong when they played Washington State and we didn't realize how good Washington State is this year. Give me the Badgers in an upset. Braylon Allen going to run all over that Ohio State defense. He is not. They're going to expose <laughs> Kyle McCord for the mid-quarterback that he is. Give me the Badgers. Braden Locke? Legacy game. <laughs> Probably going to be raining at this game also. Not even snow. By the way, we are on like snow football watch. Minnesota, Nebraska, and Colorado State. Those are the three that I've circled, like all potential snow games. It won't be raining at this one because, I, I mean, I've been keeping track of the weather here. It, it will be just like ugly and 40 degrees. Okay. So, uh, Big 10 weather. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna uh, make both make both of y'all go first with this next game. Okay, so I put this one on here because it's kind of one of the biggest G five games of the week. I will give the quick rundown. You raise your hand if you know what UNLV's record is right now. Oh, oh I, I, I have, have no clue. I don't know I, if they've had a bye. I have no clue. Zero Colton. clue. They're one loss. They're six and one. Who's their head right. coach? Uh. Oh my God. Very Odom. Very Odom. Y'all remember who they tried to hire as OC first? Petrino. Yeah. And I think they're happy Petrino's not there because the offense is good. Brennan Marion runs the go go offense. It's kind of his own little invention. It's essentially, it's essentially spread triple option, but he gets into a bunch of weird formations. Like they'll have like two, two running backs aligned to one side out of the gun. So like it'll be quarterback, running back, running back in a line. And it's weird stuff like that. Um, they sounds like an offense power. It's total running back by committee. They have like three running backs who all basically average between eight to nine carries a game and all finish with the same yardage. Uh, they're scoring just under 37 points a game or 36, something like that. And defense, it's kind of a Barry Odom defense where they give up a lot of yards and it's not like great scoring, but they do limit their opponents uh, in the red zone and with forcing turnovers. Fresno. Really good Pac-12 team, but there are questions about whether or not they're uh, – I think Mikey Keene, who was their starter, might still be out. The backup, Logan Fife, is just kind of okay. They did win with him last week, though, against Utah State. Two Mountain weeks ago with Utah State. I think you mean Mountain West. Soon to be Pac-12 team, maybe, though? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure, fine. They might be. 
Might be. Uh, I'm taking UNLV. I'm rocking with Fresno. I'm I'm rocking with UNLV, although I'm not going to – I'll never call them by their uh, nickname. Okay. <laughs> All right. Those are our picks for the week. That'll do it for us today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, hopefully, State proves us wrong and does get another win, because if they do, they're going to go bowling. Uh, but thanks to Colton Dan for hopping on. As always, swing your sword. Hail State.